From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. The all-women's college is something of an endangered species. Half a century ago, there were 230 women's colleges in the United States. Today, that number is 45. The latest casualty of this trend is Sweetbriar College in the mountain foothills of Virginia. In early March, Sweetbriar's president and board of directors announced plans to close the school. They cited insurmountable financial challenges in that decision. In a statement, the president said that the declining number of students choosing to attend small, rural, private liberal arts colleges and even fewer young women willing to consider a single-sex education were part of the problem. But Sweetbriar's advocates aren't going to go down without a fight. The same day that the board made its announcement, some alums, some students, and faculty formed the group Saving Sweetbriar. They've raised more than $3 million to save the school with a goal of $20 million, and they have called on the president and the board to resign. Tracy Stewart is a 1993 graduate of the school and serves on the board of Saving Sweetbriar. Welcome, Tracy. Well, thank you. What did the Sweetbriar College administration say when it announced that the school needed to be closed? What was its rationale? It was a very abrupt decision that we learned about on social media. Um, Many of the older alums didn't actually get word from it um, until a few weeks later in a letter that was sent from the interim president. Um, And the rationale behind it was they felt that the financial um, state of the school wasn't strong enough to continue and that they didn't feel they were having as many students applying and coming to the college or attracted to a small women's college in rural Virginia. And part of the problem, I understand it, was that it has had to uh, defer an awful lot of maintenance, millions of dollars of maintenance over the last 10 years, and meanwhile have to dip into its endowment just to keep the operation going. Yes, that is what um, they indicated, correct. Um, since then, we've we've been able to gather our own facts, and uh, we do not feel the college is in much of a financial strain, as w- as was indicated. And we have a forensic accountant who has researched the numbers um, for the past five years, and it it seems to be quite a different picture than what was painted for us three weeks ago. Well, before we get more into the details, tell us a little bit about Sweetbriar, what its history is, and why uh, you view it such a special place. Sweetbriar, it attracts uh, a type of student who's looking for a community that is a smaller community. It's very uh, nurturing as well as beautiful. I mean, it's a gorgeous campus located in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, about 3,300 acres. Um, It also attracts students who are looking for a strong academic program and having a class size of about 12. I mean, that's major component of the college. If you're looking to have a relationship with your professor and get to know them and be able to meet with them after classes, that is a very strong point that many students who are looking for that class experience tend to lean in a direction of a smaller college. If you've ever been there, you'll know why part of the attraction is obviously its beauty. It's a beautiful place, and it just is, you know, unusual in that that nature. It was ranked, I believe, in maybe in the past 20 years, in the top 10 of college campuses is the most beautiful college campus um, in the United States. What is the advantage of going to an all-women's college? Well, I went to a, a, you know, a co-ed public high school, and, you know, the advantage to going to a women's college is that, you know, if you, if you may not be the most aggressive student um, verbally, that men tend to, especially when you're younger, tend to dominate class discussions. 
And I felt that being in a women's college, it quieted that. You know, you were able to speak with your peers who were of the same sex as you, and it, it, it gave us the opportunity to become leaders in the classroom. Also, athletically, I mean, I, I was a, you know, a big field hockey player, and, and having gone to a Division three women's college versus a Division three co-ed or even a Division one, is that all the money is dumped into female sports. So we had the you know, dinners out at the at the really nice restaurants. We didn't have to drive through the McDonald's on the way home from games, and and we were given more uh, like better uniforms every year. We were updated in our gear and things like that, and that that's special. I mean, I remember at my high school, we were wearing uniforms that were twenty years old, while the football team was getting brand new things every other year. What are your plans for saving Sweetbriar? How are you going to go about doing it? Well, um, it's a step-by-step process. I mean, when we learned of the the closure, um, you know, everyone was in a state of shock. And I think people were scrambling to understand it. It it didn't add up. We couldn't make sense why they would close the college without reaching out to the strong alumni base that we have. I mean, we have a very strong group of women who are very dedicated to the college. They love the place. They are financially able to give money to it. So to close on such an abrupt notice without warning obviously sent a reaction um, uh, vibration throughout the community. And the first thing that happened was uh, an alumna named Samantha. She started a Facebook group for people to speak about this experience and what what could we do. And, and the first step in the process, I felt, was that we needed to retain a lawyer. We wouldn't get anywhere if we didn't have a legal battle and a legal fight on our hands. We could talk as much as we wanted, but at some point action needed to take place. So I called a law firm the very next day and I started um, looking around for lawyers. And, and so really the the main thing is that I needed to get a group of alums you know, to support this decision. And many people stepped up, wanted to help out. And, you know, one thing after another, we have a um, uh, another board member named Brooke, who has started a website where she took pledges, and we've raised over $3.2 million in pledges. Um, some of those are being converted into a 501c3 entity that we created. So it's a step-by-step process. That, I mean, obviously, legally, we're trying to stop the closure. You've called for the uh, resignation of the board of directors and the president. They've all refused to do that. So what's your next move? How do you how do you unseat the people who are in charge of the college? Well, um, if they're not going to step down, and we're, we're going to obviously take legal action to get in there to do that. I can't speak uh, directly about that, but I can tell you that we're in the process of having that happen. And um, we have uh, hired the forensic accountant to go in there with the numbers to uh, show that we believe the college is not in a dire financial state. And so we have a process. Um, we have to rely on the lawyers to complete that, but um, we're under we're underway. On a strategic level, what do you think should change at Sweetbriar so that, uh, I mean, it certainly has had a declining enrollment and it's been putting off a lot of repairs to buildings. Uh, what should the college change about itself to become successful? For example, should it go co-ed? Well, I don't, you know, at this point, I don't think we're even trying to decide what would happen to the college once we get it back. I think, you know, that's something that we would have to decide at that point moving forward. 
Um, but I can say that, you know, as far as, you know, what we feel, it needs to have stronger leadership, right? It didn't have a director of admissions in place. There wasn't um, people that were positively moving the college in the, in the forward direction. Um, we had been told that there was some weak leadership on, in various other levels. There wasn't a director of development, for example, um, even when it came to the, uh, to alumni giving, giving, we, you know, as a community did not know there was a financial crisis if the, if the school felt that there was one. So nobody reached out to us stating we need to have a, you know, capital campaign. So if we were to go back in there, we would obviously have people get into the, the states, uh, into the leadership roles and have them take over the, the campus and the college and run it in a more aggressive manner, there obviously needs to be someone working in the admissions office who is recruiting the students on a much more of an aggressive front. If you're not successful and the school closes, what will happen to the current students and what will happen to the faculty? Well, uh, that would be a very sad (laughs) case scenario. But um, the students currently are looking for transfership to other colleges, and so they've um, many schools actually have reached out and said that they would take them sort of sight on scene into the into the fold. And so these students are in the process of sending their transcripts and um, using that as a backup plan. So they have a college to turn to in case we don't win this fight. Um, and I believe many of the faculty are doing that as well. Um, but we have we have some you know clever faculty, for example. Um, Mimi Roten, who is our equestrian director uh, at the Harriet Rogers Riding Center on campus, she just uh, brokered a deal with Lynchburg College that she would go work at Lynchburg College and direct the riding program at Lynchburg if we don't win the fight for Sweetbriar. But if we do win the fight for Sweetbriar, she would continue to stay at Sweetbriar, and she would um, mentor and um, have the Lynchburg College riding program under her hub and the college would receive a certain amount of money in doing so. So, I mean, there's absolutely ways that the students and the faculty could work a deal that they say, hey, I'm very interested in possibly coming up, coming to your, to your college or to your univers- into your university as a backup plan, but I still want to keep Sweetbriar as my number one choice. Tracy Stewart is on the board of Saving Sweetbriar. Tracy, thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. We asked Sweetbriar College administration to join us on the podcast, but the school declined. You can find a link to Saving Sweetbriar at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, check out the podcasts on issues throughout higher education and K-12 education. Browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of the coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.